Andino Andino. The story continues. It was three weeks past Anna's funeral when Felipe returned, bruised and battered, and with his shoulder and arm still in splints. He arrived with Manolo by car one evening and saw nobody save Felicia and ourselves. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. I was relaxing with a good book Risha had lent me. Peluche and Kachina nestled either side of me on the sofa. Tonya was hanging out with friends he'd made in the rebuilding of the beehive. Bring the wounded one, came Andina's voice in my head. What? Andina? What do you mean? Just bring the wounded one. There is what looks like an old shepherd's hut on the way to the cave. We'll meet you there. Who's there? There was a knock on the door. Now what? Risha, I said surprised. Is everything okay? Yes, yes. Well, no. Felipe came to me last night. What? In a dream? Or is he out of hospital? He's out of hospital. He discharged himself. Now it makes sense. What does? Andina just told me, seconds before you got here, to bring the wounded one. You want me to bring him here? I'm not sure that's such a good idea. He's in pretty poor shape. I was going to ask you if you wanted to come over. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. Andina said to take him to the shepherd's hut on the way to the cave. Do you know where that is? Risha's face rippled as seen through water. I tried to remember where I'd seen that before. Yes, she said finally. It is there now. I will have to ask him. Do you still have the four-wheeler? We do. I patted my pocket with the keys. Bring the wounded one! Ouch, my head! I winced. Andina, okay, we will! Andina is insisting really loudly. Tonio is still at the beehive. Let's go talk to Felipe, I said. I'll just grab some blankets and cushions. The suspension leaves a lot to be desired. Half an hour later, dusk was falling. Risha and I escorted Felipe to the four-wheeler, and I drove us carefully to the hut, as instructed by Risha. We made Felipe as comfortable as possible in the stone hut, which I could have sworn was just a heap of rubble the last time I'd passed this way. The journey from Raja yesterday had really taken it out of him. He was frightfully pale, and seemed to have lost a lot of weight. He was clearly in agony, despite the strong painkillers Risha said he was taking. He looked so tired and ten years older than when we had seen him and Anna off. Was it only weeks ago? It felt a lot longer. Andina came running out of the shrubby undergrowth, with two others following close by, and two more hanging back. Felipe, here come the cats. Don't be alarmed. You trust these guys? Felipe said wearily. Implicitly, I said. And you can speak to them? Using telepathy. Wow. Did Anna know them? Yes. Yes, she did. She came with me to meet them once. Remind me to show you pictures later. Risha had been watching the cats approach. Wow, they're really something. Be welcome, well met. Andina nodded perceptibly. 
You've never met them before? I said, surprised. No one answered. Andina looked at me before slowly but confidently walking up to Felipe. Translate, she said to me. I'm going to sonorize you, young man of Anna's. I spoke the words as I heard them. She says she's going to sonorize you and not to be alarmed. You will feel your bones and other tissue buzz slightly, but first she will make you sleep. Try not to fight it. To me and Risha, she said, catch. Andina positioned herself behind Felipe and put her nose and muzzle against the nape of his neck. A barely audible purr-like sound emanated from her, and I could feel myself become sleepy too. Felipe's eyes closed and his mouth fell open a fraction. Risha and I guided his body to lay down as comfortably as we could on the cushions we'd brought. With the patient relaxed and asleep, the other four cats reluctantly entered the ruin. I'm still not convinced this is a good idea. I heard one of the others I'd named Stavros, just to keep track in my own head. Where's your compassion? Andina replied. What harm can it do? replied one of the others I had not seen before. He's in so much pain, so much damage, such a fragile body. And bits of metal inside his bones? What? The things humans do to each other. Let's get on with it then, Stavros concluded. I looked around and saw the last bruising of the sky was giving way to complete darkness. The five took up positions and the air started too. I'm not sure how to describe it. I'd like to say it purred, but that's not quite it. It was a hum like no other. It caused particles to dance in the lantern light, made everything tingle slightly, and the air around us appeared thicker somehow. If you can imagine feeling colour and then apply that to energy particles you can't see, not with your normal eyes anyway, but with notes you feel rather than hear with your ears, yeah, complicated. I don't know how long this went on for. I felt hypnotized watching, and still everything went through me like water through a sieve. I could not remember anything that happened after that initial hmm. It felt like it went on for an eternity, or no time at all. There were a few yip 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 noises and I heard Felipe give a deep sigh as the pain and tension of the last few weeks left his body all at once. He shifted from induced sleep stasis to deep restorative sleep, and his body began to adjust to the new state and frequency of wholeness once more. I came back to my senses and shook myself slightly in an attempt to clear my head and reboot the everyday five senses again. Risha later commented that this was similar to what she felt like when travelling outside of time. His body is functioning and restored to health. Let him rest for one of your clock hours or more before you try to wake him up. He will then be able to walk to the car if you two support him. All bones and other tissue are healed, but there will be itching for a day or two. Bruised muscles, tendons and ligaments are all whole now, 
and will need gentle massage and stretching exercises and movement to regain suppleness once more. We are a complete human cat. Thank you, furry friends. You are amazing, Aggie called. Yes, Stavros replied. Your friend is physically whole once more. We knew Anna for a long time, even if she did not know us. She was of good heart, and we too are sad for her physical passing. Thus we know how much this one meant to her. You knew about Anna and Felipe? Of course, Stavros said dryly. There is very little that goes on here that we don't know about. Naturally, I said, while mentally slapping myself. Who'd have thought cosmic beings watched our lives play out in the same way some humans watch soap operas? The thought was out before I could rein myself in. Watch your thoughts, came Andina's voice sternly, before she had butted me affectionately on the back of my knee. I'm sorry, I said. I didn't mean to insult anyone. I apologize. We were gathered in the log cabin. I'd suggested it, partially because I felt guilty having spent so much time away from Kachina and Peluche, and to give Risha and Felipe a change of walls. Tonya was attempting to take Felipe's mind off the obvious by having him talk about his time at university and various projects and sharing tales of his own escapades. Risha and I were cleaning up after our buffet-style lunch and making coffee in the kitchenette. No one is really dead and gone until no one remembers or talks about them, and no one who met Anna is likely to forget her. And I'm not just saying that because I loved her like a daughter, Risha said. Just imagine all the students she taught and inspired. She will live on with every one of them. I know, her enthusiasm and joy le vivre, lust for life and living. It just seems so, so beyond reason. She was so young, only twenty-four. Her life had barely begun. I know, Corazon, I know. Everyone who met her loved her. Except her mama, I said darkly. Don't say that. I'm sure she did. Only in her own twisted way. Risha made an attempt at a smile. I lowered my voice further. You heard her at the funeral. You only ever brought me sorrow and trouble. I should have named you Dolores. Grief speak, Jackie. Grief speak. If it makes you feel any better, remember Anna died on this timeline. She still lives on others. Somewhere she and Felipe will enjoy a full life together. Yeah, I try to focus on that when I remember to. Can't we go to the other timeline, where we met ourselves? I felt hope surging once more. No, Corazon, you're upset. I'm upset. We would disturb the other timeline, and it would not be our Anna. Not anymore. How would you react to finding out you had just died on another timeline? I, I didn't think about that. I'm sorry. It's just... I miss her so much. My voice cracked and I took a deep breath. I miss her too. She was the daughter I never had. Come here. Risha pulled me into her arms for a hug. I know. I'm so sorry. But we will be leaving soon, I think. So I'll never get another chance to see her. I mumbled against her shoulder. Neither would you if you never knew about crossing into parallel lives. 
and I've got to keep it that way. I'm sorry, Jackie. Parallel universe paradox. It's okay, I understand. Felipe was being purred on by Kachina, and Tonio had come to lend a hand with the mugs, having guessed our conversation by the way of our hushed tones. What was it you said, Jack, that no one leaves an incarnation without their soul's consent, and not until they've done what they came here to do, he said gently. I know, I know, but I'm human too, remember? We learned from Felipe how Constanza had shown up at the hospital, ranting before security could be called, and she was restrained and led away. If you had been a bit more respectful of our traditional ways and married my daughter and settled on that ranch of yours, rather than trying to improve the wheel, none of this would have happened. You threatened the balance of things in your big companies. No one would have tried to kill you for encroaching on their profits and diminishing their professional reputation. You mark my words and watch your step. I don't know why I was shocked, but her callous behaviour still got to me as well as her blatant assumption of it not having been a tragic accident. Retelling the accident, it was clear that Felipe was still shaken, and we did our best to comfort and reassure him. No one else blamed him for anything. Anna's mother exempt. She blamed Anna too. And Risha, and Donio, and the head teacher of the school, and myself. And how many more, I didn't even care to speculate. I want to do an Aya despacho for Anna, Felipe said. It was after dinner, and we had decamped and gathered in Risha's cosy front room. Although it's maybe more for me at this point, Felipe continued. Risha, would you help me? I'm not the Kiro medicine woman or shaman, Risha said slowly, not looking up. Not in name, perhaps, but you are as wise and I trust you. I don't want to ask around and do it with a shaman I've never met before, and who didn't know her. You loved Anna, too. In that case, I'd be honoured, Felipe. Risha took Felipe's hand and pressed it to her heart. Thank you. No, thank you for the love and the trust. I'm the one who's honoured. Tonio, Anna, I mean, Jackie, would you, would you join us? Risha looked at us. What's an... Aya despacho? Tonio wanted to know. It was Felipe who answered. It's a spiritual Andean death rite, and is also a celebration of the life lived. A ceremony to honour the departed soul and their life. It's also to help the ones left behind release unfinished business, Risha added, to make room and allow for healing to take place and the circle of life to continue. Of course we will, Tonya said. What do we need to do? I asked. The Kiero tradition has its root in ancient cosmology. According to the Kiero, our physical bodies returns to the earth, while our wisdom returns to the mountains. Our soul returns to the stars, Felipe explained. Risha continued. Like many indigenous people, the Kiero honours that in addition to what we see with our everyday eyes, there is also another world that exists outside of time. In this realm you'll find the guardian spirits and the ancestors, who then communicate with everything else in the universe. It really is a beautiful thing. Even though the structure of an Aya Dispatcho ceremony is traditional, the intention is to transcend structure and go beyond time and space, 
and into the unseen world of spirits and the ancestors. You'll like it, Jackie. Felipe looked pleadingly at us. I don't really know any of Anna's friends here. I only met a handful, and while they seemed nice enough, I didn't click with any of them, you know. No feeling of kinship. I have no idea how receptive they would be to anything sacred and spiritual. All our friends, mine and Anna's, were in Lacha. Anyway, everyone here had each other and could attend the funeral if they wanted to. Tonio and I exchanged a quick glance. We had agreed with Risha that Felipe did not need to know what transpired that day in the cemetery. Anna was well liked at university, I know that, but she didn't have any close friends left here after she came back from Lacha. With her mother being head of the VT, she didn't feel she belonged anywhere anymore, Risha said thoughtfully. Neither do I right now, and she belonged with me, Felipe's voice cracked. Of course she did, and of course you do. You're the son-in-law I never had, Felipe, and you will always be welcome here. I hope you know that. Everyone was quiet for a while. Risha looked pensive. Full moon is in three days' time, and that would be a good time to do it. I suggest we have dinner here first and get ready. Tradition is to serve the departed's favourite food, tell any favourite jokes and special memories of them you want to share and allow yourself to cry and express yourself in a safe space. Any unfinished business or remaining heavy energy is then represented symbolically in the Aya Despacho. This heavy energy becomes fuel to send the beloved on, Risha said. I'll talk you through it later. I'll need some help gathering what we will need. Just one more thing. Felipe looked slightly embarrassed. Anna used to say that your sopa de mani was the best ever. Do you think you could make it? Can I twist your arm, please? <laughs> I think you just did, Risha smiled. How do you know all of this? Anna wanted to know. I got fairy DNA, Risha said with a wink. Wow, I wish I did, Anna said wistfully. You do? How do you know that? Ten-year-old Anna was suspicious now. We all do, to a greater or lesser extent, the fairy being somewhat indigenous to this planet. Oh! Anna cracked a relieved smile and danced around the front room. Risha smiled as she retold the story. It was after dinner and we were relaxing and sharing amusing memories. Are you ready to make a move then? Risha asked. We had agreed to take all the bits and pieces to the stone ruin the cats had used for the healing of Felipe. Everyone wrapped up warm and bundled into the four-wheeler. Antonio drove us to what had once been the shepherd's hut. After placing lanterns in the corners, we all fell silent and waited. Risha scented herself. The rest of us followed her example. She hummed the tune, eyes closed, and fingers drawing invisible lines in the space before her. It was beautiful and haunting, and felt as old as time floating in the air. Stillness and peace filled the old hut. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales, 2014 and 2021.